If you're not an equipping church, you're probably not thinking about giving your people homework right. or giving your people these tools. That's the intentionality. Like we're constantly thinking through how can we help people have handles on them reading their Bible, them understanding their Bible. If we're going to be a disciple-making church. We have to be thinking that way. You're listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. We're unpacking a simple question this season. What kind of church is Gospel City? Our lead pastor, Micah Klutnati, has set a vision for our church to be known as a family church, a missional church, an equipping church, a worshiping church, and a simple church. The church has a responsibility not to just get people saved, but to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. This has led to a lot of different systems and processes that churches attempt to put people through to feel like they're accomplishing this goal. But what does an equipped disciple actually look like? And how does it happen best? I sit down with Pastor Micah, Aaron, and Michelle to discuss our next segment by asking a few of these questions. Let's listen in to what is an equipping church. I was reminded this week of when... Once upon a time, I worked at Krispy Kreme Donuts, everyone's favorite donut place, right, Pastor Michael? We love Krispy Kreme. We love Krispy Kreme Donuts. But I was employed as a cashier, and I came in. It was my first, like, real job. And I'm standing, and, you know, you do your typical training. Here's how the cash register works. Here's how to greet people, all that. But I was fascinated by watching the cooks and how they uh, made the donuts. And so I would always, like, find myself walking back and interacting with the different cooks and learning the process and things like that. And I expressed an interest to my manager that I wanted to eventually move to that position because it was different hours, it was higher pay, and I was like, oh, I'll move up the chain at Krispy Kreme. <laughs> <laughs> and so they gave me the opportunity, and the first time I went to make donuts, the, the sh- they, they didn't have a cook there with me. They just gave me like a binder of like, here's how to make Krispy Kreme donuts. Mm. And it was like a train wreck for like the first couple of hours. And, uh, and then the, the normal cook got there and he started walking with me through the process and explaining some of the things and, and helping me enact how I was supposed to be a good Krispy Kreme cook. And I became a a pretty decent, I made some great donuts in my time. (laughs) My equivalent to your donut story is, is feces pizza. Being oh, a yeah, CC's pizza chef. And we were the, the dynamic duo. Did you do anything like that, Aaron? I did. So I one of my favorite jobs is when I first <laughs> learned how to be a barista. Oh, and as a barista, I worked for this place that took it very seriously. And so they would train you for two weeks in an underground, undis- like you didn't, like you, no one knew it existed. <laughs> you go and you learn how to make the drinks. And then you would be on the floor I think it was for two months. You were called a barista's assistant and you were not allowed. Assistant to the barista. Yes, exactly. You were not allowed to make drinks for client, like customers, call, call, call them clients, for customers. You had to wash the dishes and keep the like bake place, clean, like the um, display for like the baked goods clean. Yeah. And anytime you could make, you could practice drinks when it wasn't busy. But so I learned not only how to be a phenomenal barista, because I made some great drinks, but also you learn the culture of like customer care. Vibe. Yeah, exactly. So that's that was probably my like greatest story of learning. What about so you? So are we talking 
equipping. <laughs> are we talking first first jobs? My first job was a host. Rabbit trail. Of, yes, yeah. yeah. Hostess at a pancake house. And actually it, it yeah. is exactly what I've been doing for years here in children's ministry because it's hosting, hosting the room and welcoming people and yeah. making sure they're comfortable and well taken care of. But nobody trained me. I, <laughs> I, I got no training. Kind of funny. Yeah. Kind of funny though. Like all the, well, all of us except the pancake house <laughs> had, had like one-on-one Yep. training, help, getting us to a place where we are established and able to do the role of yep. what we are called to do. Mm-hmm. And when we're talking about an equipping church, I think every church would probably say we are an equipping church. I think another way to say it is a disciple-making church. Mm-hmm. But we've really been unpacking that a disciple is more than just a, a, a convert it's it's rather a learner in Christ mm-hmm. whose gifts continually be used as they're built up in the faith mm-hmm. to then make other disciples. And that takes I think that the preaching on Sunday morning, the one to many ministry which every church does is an equipping environment. Mm-hmm. However, if you're going to be a disciple-making church, if you're going to equip individuals and and learners of Christ and see them established in the faith, it's going to take a lot more than just a one-time setting with a 40-minute sermon where they come and they're half engaged on a Sunday morning. That's right. It's got to be like pathways for people to get involved, to use their gifts, to grow deeper in their knowledge of God and in the doctrine of, of what the Bible teaches. And as they grow in understanding, their heart is then captivated and and motivated to go on mission for Christ. We've been talking about a missional church I think that's where we're heading as Gospel City. Like we want to get stronger as a missional church, but the last year and a half has been how do we grow stronger at at being an equipping church? And so we've really spent a lot of the time talking about that. And it's all rooted in Ephesians chapter four. Uh, he gave the apostles and the prophets, Jesus, and the evangelists and the shepherds and teachers. So I think that's a chronological thing. God started the church with the apostles, and he gave us the prophets to speak the word before there was the word, and then he gives us the evangelists to spread the gospel, and the shepherds and teachers who are planted in the churches who open the Bible and proclaim the word of God. And what did he give those for? So that they would do all the work? So that they would do everything? So that they would be the only ones ministering. No, he gave us all of those to equip the saints for the work of the ministry and for building up the body of Christ. So that means that if you're a part of the church, you are just as valuable as a pastor, as an elder, as a leader, and your job is actually to do the work of the ministry. And so the church is getting it wrong when the church leaders are doing all of the work, when the church leaders are equipping the saints to do the work, to get busy on the mission of making disciples and glorifying God and loving others, then man, we're hitting it out of the park. Mm-hmm. And so at Gospel City Church, we, we realize like that's what we want to work on. That's what we want to be good at. We want to not just say we're a disciple making church, but we want to be an equipping church. Absolutely. Um, and we, I think we see that a lot in um, handing down the ministry to uh, people that we see gifted. You know, like um, for women specifically, we've got. Well, in all of our avenues of teaching um, and spaces where we meet, we have opportunities for people to come together to lead one another in conversation, ask questions. Um, and equipping the saints really looks like 
giving, helping them lead others um, in the knowledge of scripture and talk. I always tell our ladies, like, you, you're you not going to talk to anyone else about God if you don't practice talking right. about yeah. God with people who want to talk about God. Um, but in that scripture that you just read, Micah, in Ephesians, I think, like, to the point as it keeps going on, um, it's pointing to um, unity and it's pointing to maturity um, and it's pointing to growing us to look mo- more like Christ together. And that is what we want to be about here at Gospel City. We want to help people grow their gifts. And it's not, it, when we were, when my husband and I were looking for a church a long time ago, um, one of the things that he led us in looking for was, was everything professionalized. Did only yeah. the professionals get up front and speak or lead yeah. or teach? And, um, and I was thankful for his wisdom in that as we grew our children here. They then have been equipped um, to be um, to use their gifts too. I think I think if if you have a gift and then you come to a church and you don't have an opportunity to grow it, um, we as leaders of the church are not doing what God has said. But it's also should be you know something that concerns that believer because mm-hmm. we are born into community. We're not. We're not born into just, oh, it's all about me and growing my gifts. It's how how are my gifts needed in this particular church body? Mm-hmm. Since I'm already talking, I think about children's ministry. You were talking about <laughs> yes. women's. We could not run, and we all know it. We could not run our children's ministry um, without equipping the saints. Yeah. Every leader, teacher um, is is um, growing their gifts and using their gifts. and But it's not just oh we can't afford to pay everybody professionals to do it it's on purpose Mm -hmm. uh worship team everywhere you look Mm -hmm. there's you know maybe one paid staff member in the room but other than that it's it's an equipping the saints type of church on purpose and kind of an example like with children's ministry i think that's cool we you know we have worship has always been a big ministry in our church, mm-hmm. vertical worship, ascriptive yeah. worship. So you get young kids who start to mm-hmm. think, I want to do that. And the best way for kids to do that is to do that among their peers, to serve yeah. their peers and to start developing that. And so it's been cool to see young kids leading their peers in worship. And then in youth group, they do that. And then in young adults, they do that. And and we've, we're starting to get to the age of the church where some <laughs> who have grown up in this church are now leading yeah. on big stage on Sundays. And you're like, that is an equipping thing that has happened. And the same with teachers, teachers in, in gospel city kids. I mean, if you can learn to communicate well to gospel city kids, you will become a better communicator, uh, to adults. And we're seeing that even Mm -hmm. happen among some of our teachers. And so that's a really cool, but a lot of times people don't want to take that. Like they, they view that maybe as, oh, that's less than my gifts bigger than that. And Mm -hmm. And so an equipping church is also helping people see that every position matters yeah. and it's not just the prominent, you know, big stage. You got to realize like all of the process of, of that people walk through to get to different places. And then ultimately God's the giver of, of these ministry roles and things like that. And so, but, but if we will humble ourselves like Christ and have the mentality of a servant mm-hmm. and take on that that servanthood, mm-hmm. the Lord can, there's no telling what the Lord can use you for over time as he develops that gift in the church. Yeah. yeah. yeah I think we're talking a lot about serving, which is, is helpful. It's a piece of equipping for mm-hmm. sure. It's not, it's not the whole thing, right? but I think, you know, when it comes to what people here in the church, a lot of times is 
hey, we need help. Like it's the stereotype exists mm-hmm. with kids, right? Mm-hmm. That, hey, we just need more childcare people so that all the adults can sit in the message and be undisturbed. Mm-hmm. And so just get back there and put on veggie tails and hold make it, hold the baby, do whatever. But we have made intentional decisions and you referenced worship. Like there are some churches of our size, even, even smaller who would pay all their musicians so that they can present a very excellent product. Mm-hmm. And we have decidedly, we don't, like you're saying, there's one or two paid staff, worship leader, worship pastor, music director type roles that, that might exist on the stage, but everyone else is sacrificing their time and their energy. And, and the end goal, I was just talking about this with some of our team, like as leaders, we are not leading a ministry, we are leading people. Mm-hmm. And so if all we're focused on is leading the ministry aspect, we can get caught up in the grind of just getting the thing done. And then people start to just be an asset that we're like adding into the mix of what we need to do as leaders. Mm -hmm. Rather, if people are the main focus, then my main goal is to equip the next generation of worship leaders, uh, teachers and shepherds within kids ministry, table leaders who will eventually become small group leaders Mm -hmm. who will become mentors in women's ministry, all of these different aspects. If if my long-term vision is focused on the people as a, as a pastor, as a shepherd, as a leader in a church, then naturally equipping has to be a piece of that because Mm -hmm. I don't want that person to come in and for the next decade of their life to just do the same thing. Mm -hmm. I want them to see a track of their life of where they're going to get to. And even to speak to that, like sometimes church staff can be presented as this is the end all be all. Mm -hmm. Like if you, you know, I remember as a young kid getting around church and you started to look at the worship leaders that I aspired to be like and be like, well, one day if I work for a church, then I'll really be fulfilling my purpose Mm -hmm. and doing what God's called me to do. But the equipping is not that everybody would get to the level of elder, pastor, shepherd, teacher, Mm -hmm. like it is maximizing the gifts and the abilities that they have. So how, what are some intentional ways that we kind of help people walk through that equipping process? Like, you know, someone who comes in to a church and says, Hey, I'm, I'm looking for a church family. Like you were referencing years ago. And I recognize that it's not just all professionals. Like there's a place for me here. What are some intentional things we do to help them find their place and be a part of the church? I think before we even go into the practical on that, that question, I think it's, it's it's big to small. We we've mm-hmm. talked about like the funnel here. We've talked about like we got a big opening and a lot of people come, but as they move through the pathway, it gets smaller. And as they become more equipped and more established in the faith, you see less people. But we want that path to be clear. Yeah. What I think is important is I don't want to minimize what happens in the large setting on a Sunday. That's a that is God's way of equipping the saints. Exactly. And that's the preached word of God. Mm-hmm. So every Sunday at Gospel City, we open the Bible and we go exegetically through the Bible and we expose what the Bible says, what the Bible means, what the author's intent was, and the Spirit does something in the hearts of the people. So that's level one of equipping. Yes. But if that was the only thing you'd probably grow a little stagnant in your faith. Right. And so we've emphasized small groups, which we've talked about. We've emphasized groups and classes, and these are like smaller settings, but still uh, a teacher teaching and accountability happening. And then we're even encouraging one-on-one discipleship happening in, and kind of like at Krispy Kreme or CC's <laughs> or the, right. the barista parlor you're like getting one person training another person on how to do this thing. And that's kind of what it takes whenever you're becoming a a follower of Jesus. Sometimes it's dealing with sin issues. 
Sometimes it's it's learning what the Bible means more effectively. Sometimes it's talking about how to be a better communicator of God's word. So I know like women's ministry has a cohort yeah. and everybody's growing at their gifts of communicating. There's all kinds of different ways that we can equip one another and use the, the gifts. But the point is the church has to be providing those settings or we'll grow stagnant and kind of, kind of going off the excellence thing, what your husband said, Michelle, about like all the, the polished people are on the platform or whatever. We've actually are fighting that at Mm -hmm. times Mm -hmm. because we have had an excellent environment at gospel city Mm -hmm. and the excellence I think is a high priority, Mm -hmm. but it shouldn't, it's, it's always going to feel like it's competing with the equipping a little bit Mm -hmm. if you don't be intentional to combat it. And Mm so I think the last year and a half, we've really been combating that and trying to swing the pendulum toward equipping, toward saints using their gifts, Mm -hmm. toward other individuals being at small group tables and teaching in core classes and men's Bible studies and and starting to uplift some of these gifts. And that's an intentional thing. Like Mm -hmm. that's a methodology thing that if we're going to be a disciple-making church, we have to be thinking that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see that happening? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I think of going back to just the one-on-one, Dietrich Bonhoeffer says it this way, we feed one another the word. Mm-hmm. So going back to you know Sunday morning, the word is going out, and we all heard it. And then you come out into the commons, and then we can feed one another the word one-on-one. There's not enough pastors, elders, directors in a church our size that we could hire that would be able to go around and feed the word one on one, but from the one to many, mm-hmm. that can happen. Where you think in the small groups where they discuss the sermon and then they process together and and discuss it. Um, it's also I'm not I'm not going to switch us, but it's been part of us being a sending church before we even called ourselves being an equipping church. But we, it's part of the equipping before you send yeah. has been a huge, huge yeah. part of that. Not and we'll become more of a sending church yeah. the better mm-hmm. we do at being an equipping church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what all this is about. Another thing that came to mind, like good preaching is equipping the saints. Mm-hmm. And so like uh, uh, Pastor Mitch preached a genealogy from Genesis 4 and 5 this past Sunday. So it's genealogies. Everybody skims over the genealogies <laughs> in their quiet time. They won't anymore. And and man, like Mitch c- contrasted Cain's gene- genealogy with Seth's genealogy and showed us Jesus and showed us the greater storyline of people who carry the name of Christ or carry their own name. And it was so powerful. And the comments I was hearing afterwards were like, I'll never look at a genealogy the same. I had low expectations for this sermon and that blew my mind. That was so worshipful. And so what you're hearing when you hear that is the saints are being equipped yeah. by the word of God. Yeah. Yeah. And so it is, there is a sense, I think we live in an age where we are trying to be a little moralistic and therapeutic in our preaching. Mm. And so, so church's main goals have become get people in the doors, help people live a better life or a more joyful life or an easier life. And that's the wrong motivation for Mm -hmm. preaching. Mm -hmm. And so there is a sense in our philosophy where we're just trying to be faithful to what we believe preaching is. And it's not always dealing with the felt need topics. Mm -hmm. It is sometimes opening to a genealogy (laughs) 
and learning about what God intended to teach us. Mm -hmm. And that alone can really build you up and equip you as a saint who, who gets the mission of Christ. We've yeah. given them the food we, yeah. and we're teaching them to cook the food. Like that, yes. a huge, huge difference in women's. And I, I don't want to overtake cause that is, but we've been doing this together. Aaron has moved it from uh, where we would take pre-processed food mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and we would just run the play. Yeah. And right now, men and women, if you're taking part in um, Bible study, are learning to study the word for mm -hmm. themselves. Mm -hmm. um, beautiful, fun takeaway. Um, lady in my church, uh, lady in my group, who's been a part of our church, I, I think from the beginning, mm -hmm. has come um, and has studied Exodus. And she said recently, she's like, everybody always said, that you could that the Old Testament points to Jesus, but I've never seen it. And there's a little bit of anger in her. Like I, I have not seen it, and I'm still not seeing it. Well, a couple of weeks ago, she's like, "I see it. Mm -hmm. I see how the Old Testament points to Jesus." And she's seeing value mm -hmm. in that th those light bulb moments. Like that's equipping this saint to take the Word of God home and study it for herself mm -hmm. in a way that is transforming mm -hmm. and. Um, and yes, equipping, but but life life changing too. So fun. Yeah, we have a a lot of feedback this this section as we've been going through Exodus of like, I did all the homework, and then I sit down and I listen to your te the teacher, and I'm like, where did she get all of that? Because, and I just to kind of build out the beauty of the way we have been equipping women to study God's word, we um, are giving them a, a pathway to open God's word daily if they have the time at least a couple times a week and look for specific things and so the way we're equipping them is to equip them in a way that looks like that asks questions that orients mm -hmm. the heart towards let me look for Jesus in scripture um and then I don't want to go over like too far into it because we're going to get into an episode about how we do all of this but um all that to say they keep coming back because what we do in our bible studies is that we are helping people look for the glory and the beauty of Christ every time they open God's word. And that's really what we want to do in equipping is just let us look for the glory and beauty of Christ in our every moment. And it, and it, it equips everything that we do if we have eyes like that. So helping one another look for that is just beautiful. And I love the stories of people that have been have been patient in the equipping mm -hmm. because sometimes we think if we, I'll just give you these tools and you're good to go, but equipping sometimes just takes some time to learn how to use the tools. <laughs> so there can be a lot, of, you need some patience when it comes to being equipped too, I think. I think what you just said, like the homework, words like homework yeah. and, right? <laughs> and tools for studying, if you're not an equipping church, you're probably not thinking about giving your people homework right. or giving your people these tools. Mm -hmm. And so that's the intentionality. Like we're constantly thinking through how can we help people have handles on them reading their Bible, mm -hmm. them understanding their Bible. I, I heard an, I know an elder was telling me about his men's Bible study and, he, and as everyone was kind of speculating you know, what, what something meant in scripture. He just said, have any of you guys read a commentary? Like, mm. and they were all like kind of intrigued by, you can get a commentary that's like really well thought and pulls apart the Hebrew language in the old Testament. And that was like a disciple, mm -hmm. a, a light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. And it's like, there are tools like that. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to go to seminary to be a spiritual person. Right. And seminaries exist kind of because the church 
stop Didn't doing do what yeah. we were supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And so this is, exactly. is swinging the pendulum back that way. Mm-hmm. And it really, it it is flying in the face of, you know, a seeker sensitive movement or, uh, you know, the, a seeker church or all of those types of things. Mm-hmm. You know, I, we, we want to be an attractional church in the sense that, Hey, we want you to feel welcome and hosted here. Mm-hmm. We want you to, anyone's welcome here and we're a big church. And I think people do feel loved when they come in and it's a nice environment, mm-hmm. but we don't want it to be a place where you can just hide. Like yeah. you're going to find out pretty quickly that, there's Christ's way, there's the world way. Yep. If you're going Christ's way, mm-hmm. then you need to be known in the body. You need to be held accountable in the body. Mm-hmm. We're going to take sin serious in the body. And you have a responsibility to carry some weight and strap mm-hmm. on some weight here. Yeah. You can find churches that won't require that of you, mm-hmm. but eventually you'll grow stagnant because you'll start hearing the same messages and the same okay. things over and over again. Mm-hmm. But if you will apply this, you can live a fulfilling life mm-hmm the abundant life that Christ came to save you to. As the oldest person in the room, <laughs> always around here. Um, so I, my, my story is I, I came to Jesus as a little girl, like four now, and really grew up not thinking about, okay, so that, and I'd hear a gospel message. And honestly, when I first started coming here, just like, okay, they give the gospel every week. And it started to finally sink in. Okay. It wasn't just for that one time justification, but you have to keep applying it. And so, um, midlife, uh, crisis of turning 50 during the pandemic, that was when God just really in, ignited in me a new, renewed love for his word and growing. So, you know, you've got your justification, but then after that, there is so much joy in the sanctification process of continuing to learn to grow mm-hmm. and to, to, to dig into his word. Um, God is knowable, but he's He's not fully knowable, but we can spend our whole lives continuing to learn about him and get to heaven. And guys, there's so much to learn about him. We'll get there and we'll still be learning about him. So that has ignited me at this Mm -hmm. point of my life in growth um, that I think that is so fun to see other saints, other brothers and sisters in Christ getting ignited about too. Um, Even kids, Uh, the sermon you just uh, referred to this last week, Mm A mom came up to me and she's like, my 15-year-old daughter's hand was sweating. I'm like, why? She's like, because she was writing so much. She was, she, was, she was excited about what God's word was saying about a genealogy. Glory to God, you know, that, that, um, that we're continuing to learn and grow together. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and always not just keep it up in our heads, but, um, you know, use it, use it for his glory, sharing, mm-hmm. sharing it, feeding it to one another. Yeah, I think that piece is is critical because there are probably some churches that are really good at the equipping piece, meaning, um, you know, deep theological classes and Sunday school, and um, they're constantly training their people. But there there has to be a release of that mm-hmm. out into a world that needs to hear the message. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's the beauty of kind of a lot of the things we've been unpacking is equipping will lead to living scent to going out and and wanting to bring others in and then the process just continues to repeat itself mm-hmm. because yeah it's not like we we take our people down a factory line we get them to a finished product and then sh- say okay you're done now you're on the shelf and we're going to bring the next person in there's the the responsibility they have is to continue to replicate for broader influence and to multiply <laughs> in themselves but also those 
that are coming in the church. Um, you know, you made that comment of like, we couldn't hire enough pastors to like, I think that is true of a church our size or a church of 20. Exactly. You know, you got a, a country preacher who's, who's faithfully preaching the word in his church to, to 20 people who follow the Lord. If those people are not looking at themselves as being equipped to then pour into one another, mm-hmm. we are all ineffective as leaders outside of equipping the saints. We're all uh, diminished as, as high up. Hey, look at me. I, I've got this all figured out. Like that continues just to like, the Lord is continuing just to bring that down in this culture. He's continuing to show that he is the head of the church mm-hmm. yeah. and we are, we are sheep as much as we have been called to be shepherds. And so our growing and our ability to then equip those around us is, is an everybody type of thing. And that's a beautiful part of the church family. Mm-hmm. The equipped, I think to, you know, the equipped disciple will be a better worker for Christ, will be a better server for Christ doesn't mean that everyone's going to work at a church like Brent said earlier. I also think there's another aspect, though, of being um, an equipping church is you're just helping people face the realities of a world that is sinful and broken. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if I read That's on good. in Ephesians chapter 4, we're equipping the saints to do the work of the ministry until we all attain unity of the faith of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood. So just as any body grows just as a kid grows into a mature man or woman, we should be growing in our maturity. But it says this, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. So the world, Satan, the flesh, the the system of this world, it is speaking lies. And Satan is the father of lies. And all of the everything that you face as a Christian, the world is going to tell you to go the way that's opposite of of Scripture, the the way that's opposite of Christ. So you face death, you face suffering, you face hardship, and the world's going to tell you one way to deal with that, and Christ is going to tell you another way. You can either go and numb yourself with the things that the world offers, or you can share in the sufferings of Christ. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy. You know, I'm going through my own stuff even personally, uh, trials. And I've been thinking about James chapter one, mm-hmm. which consider it joy, my brothers, when you face trials of various kinds, know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. And so I'm learning in my brain, oh, if there's no trials, <laughs> then there's not going to be any reason for faith. And if I have no faith, then there won't be steadfastness. If I don't have steadfastness, then I won't be complete in Christ. But that equipping has been something that's taken years on my life. And even in the midst of trial, I don't want to believe that. Yeah. I want to give up on that. I want to be in a bad mood and get angry and go my own way at times. And what the the mature believer does is stands firm in the faith Mm -hmm. in the midst of suffering, in the midst of trial, in the midst of the hardships and your doctrine is what keeps you grounded. Mm -hmm. And the only way you're going to stay grounded whenever life tries to wreck you or Satan tries to wreck you is if you are equipped and as a saint to Mm -hmm. do the work of the ministry. And sometimes the work is just loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Yeah. 
and loving others in the midst of trial. And then you make it through that because God is good and he's with you. And then with the comfort that yep. he has comforted you, then you turn, and I'm sorry, I'm going to say it again, you feed one another the word and you yep. comfort others. Mm-hmm. And within, because again, remember the equipping of the saints is for the work of the ministry within the body mm-hmm. um, and to, to bring those. But so we, so we comfort others, um, which, which brings more, um, meaning and peace too when we're going through a hard thing but it starts with the word mm-hmm. equipping one another with the word what would you guys say to people who maybe feel stagnant like i think this is a good one a, a lot of people in a big church like ours might say oh, i don't have they say they're an equipping church but i'm sitting here on my gifts and i'm not being asked to use them yeah. how do you how would, how do we help people there I think that's actually, it's twofold. There's some that are sitting um, in our seats and saying, I'm not, I could never do mm-hmm. X, Y, Z, even with all the equipping. And then there's those that are like, I've got all of these gifts and I'm not being, I'm not, they're not growing. Um, I think both ways, you just have to throw yourself in the game. You just have to say, hey, like there's a a couple of women on my team that teach for women's discipleship that um, some of them I saw and were like, you would be well-equipped for that. I mean, you are well-equipped for this. Let's call you to the table. And then there were others that, um, needed to be like called out, yeah. pulled up and yeah, exactly. Down. And then there are others that, that do show up and say, Hey, I have a gift to teach. And I'm like, I don't know who you are. <laughs> like, yeah. So I think it's like, if you have, if you're feeling like you have a gift and it's not being used, um, Come and serve in the sm- in the smallest ways, and come alongside the leaders of the church. And um, um, I, it's a it, it requires humility, but it also requires being like, hey, I have this here. Because I think sometimes, speaking from personal experience, I will have people come up to me and say, I have this gift, I want it, I want it to be used, but I don't know who they are, and so that can be really hard to be like, well. As a ministry leader, I have a responsibility to make sure that I just don't throw somebody into, you know, into a leadership or teaching that I don't know fully aligns or not. So there's there's some of that of just like be a part of the family before you ask for part of the like the heavy leading, but you can always That's great. Be a part of the family. Yeah, you have to be a part, part of the, of the heavy leading. Yeah. Um, but then there's always like, there's always someone sitting next to you that needs encouragement. Mm-hmm. Like you don't need a, a stage. You don't need a group. You just mm-hmm. need to be faithful to what the Lord puts in front of you. And so there are so many people that walk through our doors on a Sunday morning or even randomly on Wednesday evenings for um, Bible study or student ministry. They don't know anybody. They may be carrying heavy burdens and they just need you to see them and and welcome them and share the word with them. Mm-hmm. And like, that's your first step. If that's, if you're not doing that, then you're, you're sitting on your gifts. Nobody's keeping mm-hmm. you like um, siloed from not serving. So that would be my, <laughs> my encouragement. Look for the people around you. Yeah. I, so good. Say it louder for the people in the back. But <laughs> I think, you know, I think of in a worship ministry context, we used to put a question. There's an application that people would fill out one because uh, a longer application to something like a platform position mm. actually deters people mm-hmm. who are just coming in to mm. look for the platform because they're like, oh, if there's like accountability and responsibility for this, I don't want, never mind. 
and and that's helpful as a minute like the responsibility of the ministry leader to make sure like are you up there for the right reasons do you have a desire to use your gift for the right reasons and that's really helpful we also used to have a question on that application that was something along the lines of are you willing to basically hand your this role over at a later date if someone were to come along that was better suited or they're just you know we we thought there was a better option for you like basically is your identity tied to this gift Mm, or are you offering Mm. this gift to the Lord for him Mm. to do whatever you want with? And that was a really telling question. And you know, most people, I think even in the applications I've probably filled out over the years, I would always click yes, I'm willing to give it up. But to actually walk that out in my own heart is, am I coming to my church family and offering my gifts as a, I think I can help I see, I see a gap. I see, you know, hey, Aaron, I, I see how much weight you're carrying, and I love this church. I love what you're doing. How can I support? Where, where can I fill in? Here's what I can do. Here's what I, my spiritual gifts. Here's what I know to do really well. I'm just offering that. As opposed to coming in going, at my last church, I right. was X, Y, Z, and so can I do the same thing there? Mm-hmm. Or I've always been told I'm really good at this, so where can I do that here? And that's it's a known and being being known thing yeah. like no you should know your church family to recognize how can i assist how can i help where are the gaps where i can shoulder some weight but also be known by your leaders like mm-hmm. you're saying like plug in and just start serving in whatever way possible mm-hmm. and the cream rises to the t- top a little bit on those things and we've seen that i would say like 80 percent of our church staff is because of people who just served faithfully mm-hmm. and were given more and more opportunity and the Lord gave the ministry. Yeah. And it yeah. wasn't a, them coming and saying, it's time for me to be hired yeah. or it's time for me to be in this leader. Mm-hmm. I should be an elder now. I should mm-hmm. be this now. The Lord just did it. And we often sit around going, why are we at the table? Absolutely. I don't understand. And that's the beauty of of what we're doing is when we're equipped, the Lord continues to use and give opportunity. In a hopeful way, I, I would also just say, so I, I came here 10, 12, 13 years ago, and several people from my previous church came. And you want to know what? Almost nobody is doing the same role that mm-hmm. they did at our small yeah. church that they're doing here. But they were weight bearers there, and they're weight bearing here. But God just maybe did a new thing in them. Yep. Um, because this is a new body. You don't just try to plug in. That could be discouraging to a yeah. person. Well, I was doing this at the other one. Well, there's somebody there. Well, I, it, God loves doing new things, growing new gifts. And um, mm-hmm. so if I could just say that as an encouragement to some who might come and say, where do I fit? God has a place for you here, and we would love to help you find it. Thanks for listening to For the City, a podcast of Gospel City Church. If you found this episode helpful, we would love it if you'd share it with a friend and make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. We'll see you next time.